Welcome, 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 on and welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen, where I give my unpopular opinion about sports. And, you know, I say this a lot, but <laughs> it, was a, it was a heavy week in sports. A lot went down, man. I have a lot of notes. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get to all of them, but I have a lot of notes. Uh, college football, NFL, NBA. Some baseball. I don't know if I'm gonna get to baseball. It ain't really much happened to baseball, <laughs> or at least much that I know of happened to baseball. But again, a lot happened, and I do again. I want to welcome you to the Unpopular Podcast. This is a. I do this every week, every Monday. Uh, you can see it on YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And uh, let's talk about some sports, man. Let's first. Let's first talk about. I'm going to start in, I guess, chronological order. Let's talk about Thursday and how not only did the Saints get destroyed by, I mean, no, the Atlanta Atlanta got destroyed by the Saints, which, which, I mean, we pretty much saw that coming. Saints are the best team in the NFL right now, and Atlanta's trash. They, they not only... Are they struggling offensively since Devontae Freeman has been gone? But they've been also struggling. Well, they've been struggling defensively the entire season. They they can't really stop anybody, and it's a terrible time in their season to try to go up against Drew Brees and that high-powered offense that the Saints have. And they put it on them. I think they they lost. Well, when I say put it on, they lost. I believe the score was thirty-one to seventeen. And, look, it it was a good game. The Saints were doing what they wanted to do. But Atlanta was doing what they wanted to do. Atlanta really beat themselves in this game because not only I think Calvin Ridley fumbled at the one-yard line. I know Julio Jones fumbled. It, it, it You can't – you cannot make mistakes when you're going up against Drew Brees and the Saints. That's just not – that's just – you can't do that. You already have to play a perfect game because offensively they're going to kill you. And as you know, their defense, which has gotten better since week one, their defense is their weak weakness. And Atlanta Atlanta was, was, was moving up and down the field. It was just key situations. They would turn the ball over or they would miss, you know, open receivers or they would get sacked. But in the NLB, Atlanta was doing what they wanted to do. And it's just, like I said, when you go against, when, when you're going against uh, the Saints that are 10-1 now, you have to be perfect. You cannot make, like, you cannot make mistakes as costly as fumbling, Julio Jones fumbling the ball and Calvin Ridley fumbling the ball. You just, you can't do that. And... Atlanta beat them. I mean, the Saints beat them. Drew Brees, to me, right now, right now, due to the fact that Jared Goff and the, and the Rams beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, I would put Drew Brees as my front runner for MVP. And, of course, Patrick Mahomes is still, you know, doing incredible things. I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes is terrible. I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes fell out. Patrick Mahomes, is, it's like 1A, 1B to me. 
it, it really depends on like the last few weeks of the season to see who I want to put as the MVP. But right now, if you ask me, I'll give it to uh, I'll give it to Drew Brees. And, and and I know people. All right, so people that have been watching and people that have been listening know that I I, I like Drew Brees. Um, Drew Brees is probably one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. To me, he's a top five quarterback of all time. And I'm not just saying it because I'm biased. Like, if you look at the production on the field, you see Drew Brees is doing incredible things week after week, breaking records. Week, it's like every every week it feels like he's breaking another record that I didn't even know was he was close to breaking. And Drew Brees doesn't look like he's 39. He doesn't look like he's slowing down at all. His offense, he has one of the best offensive lines in the in the NFL, so he doesn't get tackled that much. And then. The weapons you have with Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, uh, Michael Thomas, you, you have great weapons. It, it's I don't see this stopping anytime soon. Kind of like, kind of like what Tom Brady's doing. The difference between Tom Brady is Tom Brady is pretty much making weapons. Yeah, you have Josh Gordon, who was still the jury still out to see if that's going to work or not. You always have the safety net and Rob Gronkowski, who had a good game on Sunday. Pretty much, probably the first game, first really good game he had all season. But Tom Breeze, Tom Breeze, <laughs> Tom Brady makes weapons better. Drew Breeze has weapons that are already great. Michael Thomas is already, he'll be a number one receiver in any other system. Alvin Kamara, not only is, is, is he a top running back, but he's also. A top wide receiver, Mark Ingram, a power back. So they have they have a lot of pieces. So to get back to the original point, if you're Atlanta, you can't keep giving them opportunities. You can't keep giving them chances because they will capitalize. I believe every turnover that Atlanta had, the Falcon, I mean the Saints, turned into points, and that's just what happens. Uh, as you know, the Lions played. Who they play? Lions played the Bears and lost. See, the Lions. Let me tell you about the Lions, man. The Lions. There's just so much wrong with them, man. From their defense, which which has always been their staple. Their defense is trash, man. Stafford is really looking like a bum at this point. You don't really have. I mean, you trade Golden Tate, which was your number one receiver. I don't even know who the number one receiver is. There, it's it's just a lot going on with them, man. It sucks. It is 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 it's tough. It's really tough, and it's hard to watch. Shouts out to the Bears, and, and I'm not taking any away from the. I'm not taking anything away from the Bears. The Bears have the best defense in the league. They had another pick six uh, and two, you know, two overall turnovers, but one of them, of course, was a pick six. They lead the NFL in pick sixes. You can see the impact Khalil Mack has on that squad. Not saying that they weren't a bad, they were a bad or terrible defense because they were still a top defense before Khalil Mack came. But once Khalil Mack came, you see that he just put them over the top. Now, not only do they have a scary secondary, they also have a solid top pass rush, uh, you know, pass rusher. So, uh, it's, it's, I, the Bears, see, the problem with the Bears that I have is that 
the Bears are so, to me, so lopsided. As in, their defense is top five, and they might have the number one defense in the league. But their offense is so spotty. You know, Mr. Biskey, I still can't trust Mr. Biskey. Their running game isn't that good. You have uh, Tariq Cohen, but they pretty much use him as a makeshift receiver. So there's just a lot going on with their offense. But they're de- it's kind of like, and, and I'm not saying it like, okay. It's kind of like the, the Jaguars, but better. If you ask me right now, the Bears are 10 times better than the Jaguars. But they kind of fit the same mode. The Jaguars are incredible on defense, but so terrible, so, so terrible, and so inconsistent on the offense. And, and while the Bears' defense, I mean, the Bears' offense is not as bad as the Jaguars' offense, it's, it's kind of the same parallel, if you understand what I'm saying. You know? So... Again, shouts out to the Bears. The Lions suck. Uh, and then let's get let's get to the game that the game of the game, the game that frustrated me, I guess, which was the Cowboys and the Redskins. Again, I don't know. It's 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 been documented that I am a Redskins fan. I was born and raised in the DMV, so of course I'm gonna root for my home team. And it's not. I'm not really mad at the fact that we lost. I mean, we lost. We lost. It is what it is. It's a football game. <clears throat> I'm more mad at the fact that we beat. A, look, we beat. We beat ourselves, man. You have Colt McCoy, who he was. He was playing well, but still had three huge turnovers, three huge interceptions, man. And not only did he have three huge turnovers, I don't know what the hell our secondary was doing when it came to guarding Amari Cooper, who hasn't really had a breakout game for the Cowboys until Thanksgiving. It, I don't, I don't, man. The Redskins are who the Redskins are. Now we're tied for first place in the NFC East. We still have the Giants to play. We still have the Eagles to play twice. We have Tampa Bay. No, we don't. We have uh, Tennessee Titans and the Jaguars. And those are all winnable games. But, again, man, I, I don't I don't know. Super Bowl, I mean, the Super Bowl. Thanksgiving showed me that we have, we, uh, we're such a, look, we've always been an inconsistent team. Always. And... The only thing that Thanksgiving did was not only show that, like always, we struggle with injuries, but we're just an inconsistent team. One week, we'll, we'll have a very solid win. The next week, we'll lose to the Cowboys, or we'll lose to Atlanta, get destroyed by Atlanta, or lose to the Colts. And don't get me wrong, the Colts are the Colts are good. The Colts can't, you know, had a comeback win yesterday. But that's the Redskins. That's 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 the Redskins. And that's that's what the Redskins have always been. So, you know, and I guess we will stick on football. The Giants and and 
Eagles had a good game yesterday. Look, see, and this is why I say, go back to the Redskins, this is why I think that there are winnable games. Did you see? And I, when I say good, I meant good as, like, the final score. But that was not a good game. That was a uh, sloppy, ugly game that the Giants and Eagles put on on Sunday. It, I don't, it was just, I don't know. I don't know. It, it was, it, look. The 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 Giants were winning the whole game, the whole game. But of course they can't put together. You know, Eli missed a couple passes. Carson Wentz hit a couple, and then they 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 won at the end by a field goal. And that's the same thing that happened to same thing that happened to the Panthers and the Seahawks. You know, the Panthers were doing good. Christian McCaffrey had a really costly turnover. Um, Cam Newton threw an interception. But it really was well. It was it was a it was a tough pass. But Cam Newton threw an interception, and they lost by three. So again, they were they were they were really close games. The game that I kind of do want to focus on, though, even though I did just focus on the Cowboys and Redskins and then Saints and Atlanta. But the game that I do want to focus on, I have to give I have to give Philip Rivers his props. The Chargers were down ten to zero. This game was looking horrible. The game was looking sloppy. The game was looking bad. Phillip Rivers was looking bad. Phillip Rivers came off a week where he probably had his worst his worst game as a professional. But they were down 10 to 0. Then the Chargers proceeded to put up 45 consecutive points. Phillip Rivers, I believe, set an NFL record with most with most completions, like in a row, with most consecutive completions. He also set a record with largest win after trailing by ten. So the the Chargers are scary, man. The Chargers are a scary bunch. You got a lot of talent. You got Wallace. You got Gordon, uh, of course, you got Phillip Rivers. Their defense is explosive and fast. Of course, you have Joey Bosa back. So, or if not, if he's not back yet, he's coming back. Chargers are a good team. Don't be surprised if Chargers have something to say with this whole playoff race, especially coming down the last few weeks of the season. And and they're going to make the playoffs. I believe that. So, yeah, the the. That was an impressive win yesterday. That really was, and you got to give you got to give them their props. You have to. Um, anything else about? Oh, one thing I want to do is, I guess we have to do a moment of silence. Not a guess, because I'm not going to disrespect him like that. The Texans owner Robert McNair, uh, unfortunately passed away this weekend. At the age of 81, he was the owner of the Texans and 
from I, of course I never met the dude, but from what all the reports have come out, he was a great, great person. He was a sweet person. Uh, he cared about everyone, and he was a great owner. So I wanna, I wanna, I wanna take some time. I guess do a moment of silence for Robert McNair. Okay, we're back. Um, one thing that I'm gonna talk about quickly is the people that get second chances in the NFL compared to people that don't. When you look at people like the first name that comes to my mind is Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed. Colin Kaepernick, of course, still doesn't have a team, even though we had Nate Peterman start a couple games this year. Uh, it took Eric Reed a minute to come back, but the Panthers finally decided they their secondary was not that good, so they brought Eric Reed in. So, and, and, the, and the crazy thing about it is Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick did absolutely nothing wrong. All they did was protest the anthem. They took a knee during the, the, the of course, national anthem. And it was to bring, it was a, for a couple of reasons. It was to bring light to a problem that we have in the United States dealing with how we treat not only returning veterans and vets, how most of them, after I think the stat is in within 10 years, they're homeless or they're, they're whatever type of money they get, pension, I guess, runs out and they're struggling. So he was drawing light to that and he was drawing light to the the way that African Americans are treated by law enforcement. Of course, every year you see the statistics that a lot of African Americans get killed by police. Uh, a lot of said African Americans are getting killed by police with footage and nothing happens to the police. I'm not gonna get into it as, as, as a lot of people have. Um, because this isn't this isn't a a phenom like this isn't a a wave this has been happening forever this is just i believe this era is the only era in the first era that's really taking a conceited effort or concerted effort i'm sorry to record said events or said encounters the problem is it doesn't uh, jury don't give a damn what they see on a on a on a on a on a screen or on a cell phone most of the cops that have gotten i guess caught killing innocent african americans have been let go or didn't get prosecuted so those were the two stances that not stances. Those were the two problems that Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed were 
protesting against, peacefully protesting, protesting against, might I say. Like I said, all they were doing was taking a knee. Of course, Malcolm Jenkins, or yeah, Malcolm Jenkins was in it, and there were a couple of different players that you know caught on. But those were pretty much the two spearhead spearheaders or the or leaders, I guess, of the protest. One of them is still not in the league, and the other one just got back in the league. And since December, when she when, when she came back, there's a report saying that he's had six drug tests already since December. It is no. It is November 26th. Six, since September, he has had six drug tests. Random drug tests. So, one of them, as in Colin Kaepernick, is not in the league. The other one, as in Eric Reed, just got back in the league in September, yet has taken six drug tests since then. So those people, people like that, very rarely get a second chance in the NFL. But then you look on the flip side, in the flip coin, or flip coin. You look on the flip side of this coin, right? A report came out saying that the 49ers release Reuben Foster due to yet another domestic violence charge. You remember Michael Kendricks and how he was uh, he was indicted for like money laundering or something with money and during his case and he pled guilty and the Seahawks knew more than likely this dude is doing criminal jail time. They still picked him up. Michael Kendricks. Greg Hardy had all these allegations and all these these domestic violence allegations through his way in Carolina. Got released from Carolina. And still gets picked up from the Cowboys, which then I guess the, the 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 backlash got so real, and he got another case put on him that they had to release him. So people like Eric Reed, Colin Kaepernick don't get second chances, even though Eric Reed's back in the league. But people like Colin Kaepernick don't get second chances. But it takes five, six, seven chances with Reuben Foster or. Michael Kendricks or Greg Hardy for teams to be like, ah. and it's not even NFL. College football—they gave DJ Durkins back his job. We—I had a long talk about that on on a previous episode of the podcast. If you want to listen to it, go check it out. I think this is episode twenty twenty two or twenty three. One of them. No, it's twenty two. Episode twenty two. Where I talked about it, but they let DJ Durkins come back. Come back. A kid died on his watch. This just really shows the hypocrisy that the NFL really is. And and the NFL the NFL 
what this move is showing or what these moves show is they really don't care about a player actually i knew they didn't care about the player when there's only like one or two fully guaranteed contracts and that just started this year so not only they they care about their brand way too much than they care about the players as in it's okay to reinstate a person that has several a litany of domestic domestic abuse or domestic violence cases or somebody who was fully aware that you're going to jail soon for I believe it's money something with money like, I'm gonna look it up for you guys but the Seahawks give a man that you know is going to jail soon inside trading he he's, he he got arrested and charged and pled guilty to inside trading facing jail time and this is Michael Kendrick and still gets picked up by the Seahawks it's it, it just show I mean I know I'm, I know I'm just rambling at this point and I'm not really going anywhere it just shows how crazy people like like it shows how wild the nfl really looks at their players and looks at their brand their brand is okay with letting people that have multiple domestic violence cases keep getting jobs but a man that took a knee still sitting at home watching nathan nathan peterman Throw seven pick sixes. In fact, in fact, to put bring a full circle, Alex Smith, unfortunately, for the Washington Redskins, horribly broke his leg. In fact, there was a report came out yesterday saying that his return to the NFL is in question because he his leg was broken that so that bad and it looked it looked horrible too like I I watched it in real real time like it looked bad but there's reports came out saying that they don't know if he's if he's if he's even able to come back Which means Colt McCoy, who was the backup, is now our starter. Which means what? We need another backup. Colin Kaepernick's still out there. And who did the Washington Redskins pick up? Mr. Butt Fumble himself, Mark Sanchez. Now, I didn't expect Washington to pick up Colin Kaepernick just because 
on the political side, Dan Snyder was one of the top donors to Donald Trump's campaign. So I, I just knew there, yeah, no, nah, he's you, Colin Kaepernick's not getting picked up at Washington anytime soon. But that just shows right there that Mark Sanchez, who's only had, I believe, two good year, two or three good years in New Jersey, or New Jersey, <laughs> with the Jets. Two or three good years has been cut everywhere else. Gets a backup quarter, not even the starting backup quarterback position spot for the Redskins before Colin Kaepernick, who not only took a team to the Super Bowl, but even his worst year still had a higher completion percentage than Mark Sanchez did his best year. Let that sink in. It's it's crazy to think about, man. It's crazy to think about because this always happens. This always happens. And, and, and like I said, it, it's... It's... It's weird. It's really weird. It's not weird, cause we, people know what's going on. But it, I'm not about to get into this. I'm not. It's, it, that'll be a long, a long conversation. Just know that ain't nothing. It's, first of all, it's not right. And second of all, ain't nothing changing no time soon. Ruben Foster just got released by the 49ers. He's had several domestic violence cases. He beat, he beat most of them. I will give him that. And I'm not, you know, I, I'm not one to judge anybody. I don't know the man. I've never met the man a day in my life. So I'm not judging what he does. I don't know if he did it or not. I just know that there's only a couple of cases. Like, there's only a couple of times you can accuse somebody of the same thing. I'm sorry. There's only a couple of times... Multiple people can accuse somebody of the same thing. And everyone's lying? Everyone? I don't know. I don't know. Let's... I don't know. Well, Michigan did it to me. I was rooting for them hard as hell. They were on, they were on this revenge tour. They beat Michigan State pretty bad. They beat... Purdue pretty bad. They've been beating everybody. That's that they they've had they've struggled with. They were in the top four of the college football playoffs. I was like, this is the year, man. This is the year that John Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines go over the top and make it to the college football playoffs. They have one of the best defenses in the league in the in the college football. They have. McSorley, who is a who's a decent to really good quarterback. I thought I thought this was the year. And that's not even just them. You go into Ohio State, 
they've been struggling all year. Their defense, defensively, they've been struggling. They've been, offensively, they've been struggling. They've been struggling with PR because with the whole sexual assault thing and, and Urban Meyer was covering that up, or domestic violence or wherever it was, what his assistant was doing, Urban Meyer's covered that up, got suspended three games for lying. They just had a lot of turmoil around Ohio State. Not to mention, just a week ago, they lost, they won, they beat Maryland, but they beat Maryland 51 to 52. It took 52 points, and Maryland, Maryland really beat themselves because on that final play, whoever homeboy the quarterback was passing to was wide smack open. He just missed them. He, I think he he threw it like behind him, but he was wide smack open. If he if he threw the if he would have completed that pass, Ohio State would have lost fifty three to fifty two. So, I thought, you know what? This is it, Michigan. I'm not even a Michigan fan. I'm an Oregon fan. We did what we handled business. No, we're not a top tier team right now. Like we used to be, we still, you know, got a couple things in flux. We do have Justin Herbert. So, shouts out to him. But I thought this was it. I thought Michigan is finally going to beat Ohio State. And what the hell happened? Man, Michigan got slapped up and down the f- look. Michigan lost by like 30 something. In fact, Michigan lost by like 30. And God, it was a bad loss. It yeah, well no, they lost 62 to 39. So now Not only do the John Harbaugh's overrated talks start creeping back in and start getting a little louder, Michigan most definitely is not going to the college football playoffs because they're second in the Big East or Big Ten. And yet another year. And, and this, and the crazy thing is, this was their year. <laughs> Most of their defense, while while injuries did play a lot, of, a, a big big factor yesterday. I mean, on Saturday, because a lot of their players were out with injuries. That 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 did play a huge factor. I'm not going to talk about. You know, I'm not I'm not saying that. I think they lost like four or five key players just that game. Now they already came into the game wobbly because they lost a couple of top uh, defensive players. But they lost like four or five. They lost a tight end. They lost, uh, I believe, a, two cornerbacks, alignment. Like they lost key pieces. But McSorley threw two costly picks. One of them was a pick six. And it, I was disappointed, man. I wanted, and I thought it wasn't even a good game. Because they got – Ohio State pounced – like, got on them early. I think after, like, the first quarter, it was, like, 21 to 10. I was like, uh-oh. Oh, Lord. 
I said, this ain't, this ain't about to end well. I knew it wasn't going to end well. I said, oh, well, you know, you're only down by 11. Boom, 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 boom. Ohio State just rolled them. So, Michigan, I'm not, look, I'm not taking away from, they're still a great team. They're still, you know, I think John Harbaugh is a great coach. But I guess there's just some people you can't beat. And right now it's looking like Ohio State is always going to have Michigan's number. And this was the year, man. This every the momentum was you know, Michigan was riding the momentum after beating Indiana 31 to 20. Ohio State, while they did beat Maryland, Maryland by the way, they did beat Maryland 52 to 51. They just had a lot going. Their defense was still the defense was giving up huge plays too in that Maryland game. So, I thought Michigan had it, but apparently not. Apparently not. But I think the best game this weekend was the Texas A&M LSU game. Man, both teams do like the 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 game. You know it was good when the game lasted seven overtimes. <clears throat> they both just kept throwing haymakers, man. Incredible one hand catches. People gashing. You know, have have back breaking runs. LSU was getting they were they were hitting. It was it was a crazy crazy game, and it was again it was seven it was seven overtimes. I think the game lasted almost six hours, and I was like, "Yo, this is this is a game. This is this is a game," and it was exciting to watch. You know, college football. College football. It's it's kind of it's in a in it's in a it's in a weird place right now. While while dominance is good for sports, you know, people saying that Golden State destroyed the NBA, yet viewership of the NBA continues to creep up year after year. Uh, the Patriots are always in the running for the Super Bowl, yet NFL is still the most popular sport in the United States. You know, that's watched. Barcelona be killing, but Barcelona, Juventus, and PSG for soccer. Yet, that's still the most watched sport in the world. The Yankees, uh, the Boston Red Sox. There's always been juggernauts. But right now, for college college football, it, it feels different. Because right now, okay, so if you look at, let's just let's just take Golden State, for instance. You look at Golden State, teams have a shot in the dark to beat Golden State. You know, Steph can get injured, KD can get injured, so one of the big five can get injured, the Marcus Cousins might not work, um... The whole team can go cold. Like, the, the, there is a blue. No, I'm not. There's not a blueprint. You can beat Golden State. It's going to take the greatest performance ever by a couple people, but you can beat Golden State. Right now, it's not looking like anyone, anyone can beat Atlanta. I mean, Alabama. 
anyone. And right now, I believe that the allure of the allure of watching college football, knowing that any given Saturday or any given Sunday, that just doesn't happen with Alabama. That's not right now. It's not looking like that could happen with Alabama. Because it just doesn't. Alabama is complete at every position. They damn near have a NFL prospect at every position. I didn't say every position on the offense, every position on the defense. Every position on the team. And... Golden State has weaknesses. Their bench right now is a weakness. The Saints have weaknesses. Their defense is a weakness. Um, the Patriots, their offense right now, their receivers is the weakness. Uh, but right now, Alabama does not have a weakness. Tua can kill you from the air or the ground. If he's not doing good, you still have Jalen hurt. Jalen on the side. If he doesn't come in and do good, they still have one of the the best running running backs in the league in the in in college. What is it, Scarsborough in the name? Like, I think that's taking away from the from the excitement and 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 anticipation of college football week after week. Yeah, it's like we watch the games and we're excited to see who's going to make the college football playoffs, but. Right now, especially after yesterday, I mean, after Saturday when Michigan lost, we pretty much know if everything shapes out the way it's supposed to shape out, it's going to be Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and probably Oklahoma. Because Oklahoma had a big win against West Virginia. So you have Alabama. Clemson can't ain't beating Alabama. While Clemson pro- has the best defense in, in college football, or a top five defense in college football, you're not beating Alabama. I don't care what Terrence or Trevor Lawrence is doing. Notre Dame has no shot in hell to beat Alabama. Yes, they have a great team. They have a very physical team. They like to pound the pound uh you know pound the ball. They they they're a physical fast team, but they're not beating Alabama. They have no chance in hell beating Alabama. I think their toughest game they played was Michigan, and that was the first game of the season. And, and don't get me wrong, they, they played you know teams like Syracuse, who's ranked, and stuff like that, but Notre Dame has no chance in hell. And then Oklahoma, while Oklahoma can score on Alabama, Oklahoma can't stop a note. If I was playing quarterback, I'm pretty sure I could score a touchdown or two on Notre, on Oklahoma. And I ain't played football since 2003. And I was a I was a lineman. So that should tell you something. Oklahoma's defense is so trash, not even funny. So they don't have a shot in hell. Yeah, it'll be a shootout, but I don't think they have a shot beating Alabama. So it's like, I think the best thing that could have happened to college basketball was Duke losing. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a North Carolina fan, but... Duke was looking like nobody was going to beat them. Like, 
RJ Barrett, Cam Reddish, Zion was looking crazy. Like nobody, it looked like they were unbeatable this year, but they lost to Gonzaga. And now I think that brought a little bit of excitement to the actual, you know, college college basketball. See, oh well, you know they are still freshmen. They they can be beat. We don't. I'm not seeing that with Alabama. I'm not seeing that, and I think the the world is seeing that too. And that's why college to me college football isn't having isn't as exciting as it as as it usually is because it's it's pretty much a it's pretty much a done deal. So I don't know. I, I think I think uh I don't know. Maybe that's why it's not really I don't even know how I got here. <laughs> I don't know how I got there, but we were just talking about Michigan getting whooped into Oh, that's it. Texas A and M. Texas A and M and LSU was a great game. And I guess quickly, Mark Brown got hired as UNC's uh well, okay. UNC filed, fired Larry Fedora after being two and nine, and most of those two—I mean, most of those nine—was like blowouts. And they hired Mark Brown, who used to coach for them, I believe, back in like 1988, and led them to, I think, five consecutive 10-win 10-win seasons. Which, if you win 10 wins in NFL, in college football. That's definitely bowl eligible. So, shouts out to Mark Brown. Uh, he used to coach Texas. Uh, he coached Texas to a national championship or a couple of national championships. So, and he's been doing, he's been doing uh, what play-by-play analyst for SEC Network. So, you know, shouts out to Mark Brown getting his job back. Um, I'm not gonna say getting his job back, but. You know, now he's coaching again. Uh, so, you know, shouts out to Mark. I'm always for somebody getting a job. Um, I'm not about to talk about, I don't want to talk about Lou or Hugh Jackson and the Bengals game, Bengals and Browns. That's, you know, Gil, go get your money, Hugh. Go get your money, uh, Marvin Lewis. Two of the most under- Underachieving coaches on one squad. And the Browns came in and put like 34 on their head. The same Bengals that have Andy Dalton, who, while he's not a great quarterback, he ain't trash. And A.J. Green, who is arguably top five receiver in the league. So, there's that. Um... Shouts out to Tiger Woods and Philip Mickelson. I look, I don't care about I'm not gonna say I don't care about I don't watch golf. I don't really understand golf. And I think half of America that actually watched Tiger Woods and Philip Mickelson don't understand golf. We were just excited to see Tiger Woods and Philip Mickelson and it didn't disappoint. You know, Philip Mickelson won the nine million pot uh in the eighteenth hole or, you know, eighteen hole battle. It was really exciting. Tiger Wood, like I, I didn't again. I did not know anything that was happening. I didn't. I did. I couldn't keep track. 
of birdies, uh, pigeons, um, eagles, uh, bogeys. Uh, I didn't know what the hell any of that was. I was just excited to see when the ball went in, Tiger Woods doing fist pumps, Philip Mickelson and Tiger Woods was talking crap to each other. It, it was it was exciting, and it, it didn't disappoint. While yes, I wish Tiger would have won. It was it was good, you know. It was it was it was exciting, and I didn't think I I, I didn't think I cared about that event at all. But I I watched it, so I was like, wow, this is this is incredible. Like I'm I'm liking this, and so shouts out to that. That was that lived up to the hype, and I also thought it would have been like one of those Manny Pacquiao Floyd Mayweather fights. Like you you do this way too late, and nobody cares anymore. It's not even exciting to watch. But it was it was really exciting. Like the whole world was watching this. The whole world. If if they weren't watching, they at least tuned in a little bit to see what was going on. Was Tiger winning? There was one time when Tiger was winning. I was like, oh, he's he's back. He did the fist pump and everything. I was like, yeah, let's go. Now, of course, he didn't win, but you know, shouts out, shouts out to Tiger and them, and Phil. Shouts out to Phil and and golf as a whole. When when Tiger's doing what he does golf is just better you know again i don't understand nothing about golf but when tiger woods i can speak for nearly half the people that watch golf when tiger's playing i don't know what the hell is going on but i'm excited to watch tiger so shouts out to him um let's go a little nba uh Joakim Noah is getting signed or is is close to a deal, if not finalized a deal, with the Grizzlies. I don't care about this. Um, Joakim Noah hasn't played productive basketball in about two or three years. I don't care that he got the uh, he got a contract. What I don't understand. Is you get Joakim Noah. And this is the Grizzlies, might I add you. The Grizzlies who their biggest weakness is scoring. Yes, they have Mike Conley. They have Marcus Gasol. Uh, I guess you can put Dylan Brooks in there. But their biggest problem is scoring. Now, yes, they did also have a backup-centered Problem, and I guess they solved that with Joakim Noah. But your biggest problem is scoring. And let me just rattle off a couple names that's still free or that were free that you could have got. Nick Young still doesn't have a team. Monte Ellis still doesn't have a team and hasn't announced retirement. Jamal Crawford was sitting at home forever. You didn't call him. And then there's just a name I'm going to throw out there because there was also a report that said he got signed. He he got a contract. O.J. Mayo got got a Chinese contract for like Taiwan or, uh, Taiwan or something. O.J. Mayo is a, a decent player. I don't know if you would have brought him back to Memphis, but hell, the, the coaching staff, everything's different about except maybe the owner. Everything's different about Memphis. So... I don't understand why you would bring back Joakim Noah. 
Hell, you could have got Dwayne Dedman. Like, but hey, shouts out to Joakim No, Go keep getting your checks, man. Somehow, you haven't played good and you haven't played productive in three to four years. Yet, you still keep getting checks, man. Go do, you know, shouts out to you. Um, speaking of uh, contracts and stuff, Markel Fultz uh, came out and said that he is willing to. Not willing. He thinks he needs to change the scenery, so I guess that's pretty much saying he 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 requested a trade, and now Michael Fultz is looking for or no the Philadelphia 76ers is looking for you know trade suitors. But who really wants Markel Fultz? You're a number one draft pick. You can't shoot to save your life, and it's not because like you were a great shooter in college. It's not because you just. You, it just could never shoot. I think it's something mental, man. So, so teams are looking at you. You're mentally weak. Your body, from what all these reports coming out saying, your shoulder and your back, like your body's physically weak, and you're a number one draft pick. And it, and it doesn't help that you were Philly traded up to get you. Philly traded from three to one to get you, and three turned out to be Jason Tatum, who. Received votes for Rookie of the Year last year. And while his sophomore season hasn't really gone off as much as we thought at this point, the season's still early, he was the key reason why the Boston Celtics made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. So with top on all that, I don't know who's going to really want Markel Fultz. I really don't. And I'm not saying he's a trash player because he's not. But just he's he's looking like a solid bust, a solid bust. And I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know who's going to want him. I do believe that he does need to change the scenery. But at I mean, first, like first, I, you know, what? I don't believe he needs to change. He just needs to change his mindset because you're leaving a team with Ben Simmons. Joel Embiid and Jimmy Butler. I guess you can say he needs to change the scenery so he can actually be the point guard, which is what he is. But I don't see, I don't see a team that would trade a lot for him. Maybe like a second or third, second round pick, or or maybe a bum player. But who's really in the market for? Uh, a player like Markel Fultz right now, not saying he won't improve and not saying he won't get better, but who wants Markel right now? No one, if you ask me. And, all right. Oh, you know what? Mm. Last topic I'm going to talk about before we get to the unpopular topic of the week. I'm going I'm to just briefly touch on this Dwight Howard situation. For people that haven't um, been paying attention to Twitter and people that don't know, there was a, uh, a transsexual woman that came out and pretty much not even spilled the tea. She she unloaded the whole carton of milk on Dwight Howard, saying he was having uh, transsexual orgies and um, 
he was he was gay pretty much and he knew you know he was having um, unprotected sex with men she put out receipts uh or text receipts she put out uh, uh she put out um voicemails and phone conversations um I don't look I'm not one to judge what people have going on. It's your life. You do what you want to do. If it doesn't affect me, hey, do what you do. And of course, all these are allegations at this point. Uh nothing has been confirmed. Dwight Howard hasn't come out and said anything which Lord Jesus I he needs to like soon cuz this this snowball is really turning into a crater. Not a crater, it's really turning massive. But this is all I'm going to say about it. Um, if it's true, it's true. And it doesn't help the fact that he's out right now for butt injury. It doesn't, it doesn't help at all. <laughs> but if this is true, it's true. Hey. I'm not one to judge. I'm not one to live your life. I'm not homophobic. I'm not, you know, whatever you decide to do, you decide to do with your life. If he is, uh, if he is gay, he's still a Hall of Famer in my book. Um, for the stuff he's done throughout his basketball career. Uh, and I'm saying this to say, uh, you know, people know that Dwight Howard used to be, like, I, I, I used to champion Dwight as a basketball player. I used to champion Dwight because of, you know, his exit with Orlando, then in L.A. and Houston and Charlotte. It, it just didn't work. And people were losing sight of the fact that he was, I believe, just the stuff he did in Orlando alone makes him a Hall of Famer. But whew, all I'm gonna say is this, and then I'm really better get off this topic because this is an uncomfortable topic. Um, if this is true, then it's true. Hey, do I how you live your life? You do what the hell you want to do. The only thing that I see concerning about this is Dwight Howard's off the fit off the court off the court situations are starting to be come on the court problems and on the court distractions now reporters are about to ask John Wall about to ask Bradley Bill about to ask the whole team about did you see Dwight Howard reports and stuff like that there's articles coming out saying that people are are shaming transsexuals and now that's a whole that's a whole cloud above the team it's just just a lot so Dwight Howard needs to get in front of this like soon and if it's true admit to it if it's not it's not but they he needs to dead this fast this needs to be dead it fast because it's already it's already a lot going on with Washington. This 
This is this is a huge one, man. This this I'm not saying huge one. This is this ha this is another distraction they don't need. The team. Hey, what, what Dwight Howard do as his life? He do what the hell he want to do. But this is now starting to become a distraction. Or this has the high possibility of being a distraction. And that's the last thing that Washington needs. So, hey, Dwight. Um, yeah, we need some answers, bro. For real. So, uh, oof. With that being said, um, let's get to the unpopular topic of the week. Welcome to the unpopular opinions. Unpopular opinions. Have unpopular opinions. Unpopular opinions. Okay, so what's an unpopular opinion? Unpopular opinions. To utter such blasphemy. He's got the nerve, the audacity, the unmitigated goal to echo such blasphemous nonsense. Just blasphemy. You ever have that friend that just talks way too much and gives out way too much information? I think I think that that's just the age we're in, man. That people just give out way too much information about themselves. I don't need to know relationship problems or your relationship problems. I don't need to know your relationship triumphs. I don't need to know, you know every little thought you have i don't need to know every little problem you're going through i think social media has has played a huge part in that not saying that it it's 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 the only reason why you know people just share too much but this is an age when people just talk too much and we saw two instances of this this week so for all right if, I don't know if people remember, but Adrian Peterson, a couple years ago, almost went to jail for child abuse because reports come out saying that he would beat his children with a belt to the point where their children had marks on the on their backs and the butts and everything. Now. I used to get spankings. I mean, it is what it is. But that was a different that that was a different time. Like now, people are are, are getting arrested for, you know, little getting arrested for anything. So again, Adrian Peterson got suspended for fifteen games. Uh, it was reduced, I believe, but he got suspended for originally eight, 15 games and almost went to jail for child abuse. He had an interview last week with somebody, some, some sports outlet, and he candidly said now i th there was also also reports came out that he was lied to and he was supposed to be taken at under oath i mean under you know the notion that it wouldn't come out but if you don't say off the record then i don't know but uh <laughs> a report came out of adrian pearson jokingly and openly admitting that he still spanks his kids. 
like like one of those oh yeah man I just I just spanked my kid the other day with a belt and the worst part about this situation is that if you look at if you read the article Adrian Peterson did not even have to say this. There was no, hey, do you still spank your kids? Hey, do you still beat your kids? No, he just freely said this. Freely. Like, why, bruh? So not only did you say that, now I'm pretty sure the NFL is about to look into into this again and not only that child protective services are probably going to look into this again he just i don't how do you not understand that's not what you say and then and then in lighter in lighter in, in a lighter sense greg popovich was getting interviewed after the game and he was asked, you know, do you miss Kawhi Leonard's leadership? All you had to say was Kawhi Leonard's a great player. He is where he is now, and we have the team that we have, you know. The the, the real PC answer. The team that we have, you know, we're, we're rolling with what we have. That's so all you had to say. This man, Pop, says Kawhi Leonard was never a leader when he played for it. He's a great player, but never a leader. Why did you have to say that? So now you have people looking at you like, oh, you bitter. And Kawhi Leonard's like, you know, it's funny what they, you know, I guess people don't know what there's different types of leadership now now you have Kawhi Leonard asking questions I mean answering questions I'm pretty sure they asked DeMar DeRozan about this now LaMarcus Aldridge about this now it's like people just need to shut up that was hella dumb what Adrian Peterson did I kind of understand Pop but then I don't because you didn't have to say it we're just in a in a in a civilization we are in a time where there's so much information people think honestly people think people care about everything that you do yet they don't so you just it's just we as a people need to figure out and need to to really understand that there is such thing as too much information Adrian, do not think this is the last time you're going to hear about this kid spanking thing from Adrian Peterson. Don't think that today news out, uh, you know, sports news outlets aren't going to, one of their topics isn't going to be about what Greg Popovich said about Kawhi Leonard. And is he better or are they better without him or do they need Kawhi? Like you brought negative press on your team. And and I'm not and Greg Popovich is a Hall of Fame coach. He's one of the greatest coaches in in sports history. Adrian Pearson is one of the best running backs that the league has ever seen. But still, like that doesn't mean you're not sharing too much. Like, come on, bro. You got it. And this is this is this isn't just sports. This is just just be really mindful of what you share, people. 
because everyone's watching and you never know what's going to come back to bite you like for real that, that's a life life tip i guess a life thing just just be careful man i don't know but that's this week's episode man i want to thank you for listening to the unpopular podcast it's your boy jalen uh yeah, man. It just just people just stop just stop talking, man. <laughs> just stop talking sometimes, please. Um, again, I want to thank you for listening, watching uh, on YouTube, SoundCloud, or iTunes. Please share it with whoever you know that loves sports. Um, comment in the comment section below, whether it's iTunes. Uh, soundcloud or or youtube i don't care how you tune in just tune in and again i want to thank you for listening this is the unpopular podcast with your boy jalen and until next week much love